0: News and interviews from your community every morning on WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com And thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise We have on the news line with us now Donna Wolk She is a PhD, is the director of the Division of Molecular and Microbial Diagnostics and Development at Geisinger. Takes two business cards to get all that in and she's on the news line with us. Now we're going to be talking about home COVID uh, tests. Donna, thank you so much for checking in.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, and good morning.
0: Oh, good morning. I really just appreciate uh, talking about this. It's rare we really get to dig into the fact that there's a lot of research and work going on at Geisinger. Uh, tell us uh, what you do and the Division of Molecular and Microbial Diagnostics and Development. Tell us about this arm of the Geisinger research efforts.
1: So we, um, we are a two-pronged uh, division, one that has uh, direct patient care duties, and I led the COVID-19 uh, testing efforts in the Geisinger system for the past several years. The other arm is development and uh, making sure that we have the latest technology uh, to better best serve our patients. So uh, the, the Translational Research Division looks at all the new cutting-edge uh, molecular tools and um, microbiology methods that we can follow. Uh, detect um, COVID-19, uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus, if you will, as well as other infections uh, most quickly and most cost-effectively for our patients.
0: Well, I remember in years past, you, you told us this illustration where the research you're doing on a research or lab bench gets transferred to bedside, and you coined that phrase, bench to bedside, but that's what's happening. Yeah. Folks that, that get treated at Geisinger for an ailment can benefit by research that happened across the road, up up the street a little ways
1: that's exactly correct and so um as you can imagine our efforts needed to ramp up uh both clinically and on the research side during this past pandemic and uh we've been able to offer some of the best uh collect result times so that the speediest and most accurate methods to the patients in uh central western and northeast pennsylvania and uh, a good part of that is the the dual design of our department where we actually have the ability to put things into actual use in a very short period of time. We've been involved in several clinical trials um, that have helped support Geisinger patients get enrolled in pharmaceutical trials more quickly for life-saving treatments because the faster you can test a hospitalized patient, the more they can be identified as actually having the illness and the faster they could be enrolled in trials. The speediness also helped us uh, preserve uh, protective equipment, PPE if you will, ventilators, um, salvage uh, antivirals and antimicrobials, antibiotics, uh, commonly called that, as well as prevent unnecessarily uh, unnecessary tests and other uh, procedures that patients may have had to go through. So um, that speed and accuracy uh, really helped the, the system during the pandemic. Um, and I think, uh, comparatively speaking, as I talk to colleagues a- across the U.S., we were among the fastest uh, results available for inpatient care, and even our outpatient care was uh, very fast compared to some other systems.
0: Well, I know, it, and, and people have come to rely on that. <laughs> they would, of course, know in, in some of the literature, you'd say, well, you, you'll hear in the next 48 hours, and, you know, you'd walk away from a Geisinger test, saying, no, nope, they're calling me this evening, <laughs> I can tell you right now. You know, that yeah. sam- that sample's going up there, and uh, we're going to know shortly what's happening. Well, in my brain, I can-
1: Amazing team of medical laboratory scientists. They are—I put them up against anyone. They're, they're truly amazing.
0: Well, yeah, and streamlined it, it, it tremendously and kept the accuracy just climbing higher as time went on. Uh, I, in my brain, I pictured somehow two uh, complete separate operations underway at Geisinger. Maybe you can tell me if I was doing this right, because I would think the uh, COVID testing and lab and all that sort of thing would be on in one room or one lab, while the uh, all the rest of the labs and testing and diagnostics that you're doing is taking place in another lab. W- was there that clear division?
1: Well, I, I will say that it was all hands on deck. So, um, again, kudos to the medical laboratory scientists. We had people volunteering from other sections of the laboratory um, cross-training and helping us on second shifts, weekends, nights, holidays. Because we did not shut down our operations ever in microbiology, so we had molecular pathologist uh, pathology ha- helping out. We had the research team helping out. We had chemists helping out, um, and and we do that because some of the tests um, are easily trained and and just as rapid and accurate, and others require a higher complexity. So we were able to tier our testing from direct detection. Uh, the chemistry department was doing antigen testing and antibody testing, microbiology and molecular diagnostics were doing the molecular testing, and then our microbiology and our research team are actually sequencing uh, the viruses now to try to understand which variants are on the loose in our communities um, doing the sequencing of the entire virus. So we have everything from you know point of care to full full out sequencing of the virus here.
0: So you were able to determine if Omicron or some other variant was at play?
1: Yes, we have um, we have seen Omicron in our region since January, and um, uh, we have seen the BA.2 uh, variant in our uh, January later January samples as well, in small numbers but um, present. And we will continue to monitor this. Um, right now, the variants don't necessarily matter in terms of treatment or prognosis or anything of that nature so they're not diagnostic and we don't do them on uh, regular patients for a diagnostic purpose like individual patients but we do select samples throughout all of our regions uh, adults, pediatrics, inpatients, outpatients, northeast, central and west so that we can get a, a smattering And and do some surveillance of what's in our region.
0: Tell me about home testing. Now we don't always have to go to a lab. Uh, Tell us about the reliability and the pitfalls and uh, tell us about these home tests.
1: Yeah, good question. So the home tests uh, come in two varieties, Um, actually three. Uh, Let me correct myself. So the first type of home test is a swab that you get to collect at home and you mail it somewhere else. Most of those are uh, what we call RT-PCR testing, um, where we're doing molecular amplification of the virus uh, genomic material. So the 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 RNA of the virus, the, the nucleic acid that that um, is inside the virus particle. Um, so that's that was the first one that sort of came on the market, and the other two now that you can purchase or get from uh, your healthcare provider would be uh, divided into home antigen testing and home PCR testing. Home PCR testing has the same or similar accuracy to the uh, PCR, uh, RT-PCR tests that are done in a medical laboratory. However, they are very expensive. Um, They are available. The most common method is the home antigen tests. They are less expensive. And instead of detecting the nucleic acid that's present in the virus and amplifying that, they actually just look for the viral protein or antigen, as we call it. So each virus has a protein capsule, if you will, um, and on that capsule there are proteins that are unique to the virus. And the uh, think of think of an antigen test like a lock and key. You know, if if the key of the of the SARS-CoV-2 protein or antigen fits in the lock of your home antigen test because that that home antigen test has a capture antibody that recognizes the protein on the virus and if that makes a connection then you either have a colorimetric change so it'll change the stripe might turn red or purple in your home test or you have a, a result that says POS for positive uh, they come in a lot of different varieties. Now, those home tests and any antigen test actually are are generally uh, less accurate, less sensitive, as we call it in the lab business, um, than a, an RT-PCR or a molecular test. So, when you're using a home antigen and, and you're symptomatic and it's positive, you should seek treatment. You should notify your doctor. Um, you can use that to to get the new antivirals that are available if your system has those. Um, so the positives are fairly accurate. The flip side is that the negatives are not always as accurate, and that's because there's no amplification in that test, like there is in a molecular test. We take what's there and we amplify it, or uh, what we call, in a t- test tube, we make more of it synthetically. It's we create it so that it can be better detected and more sensitive of a test. In the antigen test, you have to work with the protein that's already there, and that protein is created when the nucleic acid of the virus does its thing, so to speak. It's there to create more viruses, make more proteins, and, and that lock and key mechanism has to deal with whatever's in your nose. So first and foremost, you must collect inside your nose to have any chance of accuracy. I've seen people sort of rubbing the top of their lip. Uh, we call those the nose hole, but it's not really in your nose. It's, you, ha- you must be up inside your nose, and uh, we suggest going up to that bone, or what we call the nasal turbinate, and swabbing around the inside of your nose to get a good sample. Once you have a good sample, you're, you will either be infected and have enough antigen to be positive on the home test or you'll be infected and you won't have enough antigen to be positive by the home test and that's why many of the home tests in their instructions when you buy it they'll give you two swaps. Those are not for two independent tests. Those are there in case you're negative and you're symptomatic you should test them you know two to three days later and quarantine yourself if you've been exposed and you suspect you have COVID until you get that second test. So that's why that's called serial testing and that is recommended by the CDC to make sure that you boost the accuracy of the at home test. And If used properly on a properly collected sample and in serial testing, if it's negative you retest yourself, Uh, you know their accuracy improves and it's a great way to stop transmission in the community and to your loved ones.
0: Sounds like positive tests, about a, about 80 or 90% accurate. Negative tests sound like you're almost in the 50 50 range of accuracy unless you've uh, done all things properly, you know, gone farther With, than just past your nostrils, farther up into your nasal cavity, and so on.
1: Yes. Um, well, the, some of the antigen tests can be 80 to 85% accurate on the first test for positive uh... the negatives and with a serial test you can reach the high eighties or or low nineties if you if you have a good sample the false negative rate is higher um... and that is what you really should be worried about so if um, you know for instance it, it, some of the tests on the market are better than others some of them have been only about fifty percent accurate some go up to the seventies and eighty percent for uh, the, for accuracy for a negative result. And, and many of the tests have been taken off the market, the, po- the poorest ones. So what I do recommend is that you go to the FDA website. If you search uh, FDA and OTC for over-the-counter tests, you will get a list of the FDA uh, emergency use agreement approved tests for use at home. And that's FDA um, OTC tests. If you Google that or or, or um, search your browser for that, if it, if your test that you have at home is not on that list, then it could be uh, in the lower range and it's been yanked from the market, as you suggest.
0: All right. Well, to be continued. Thank you, Donna. We will check in again. Uh, Hopefully, this will wane, and and we'll talk about what you've accomplished there in years past. But uh, who knows? Maybe currency will return to our future conversation, and we'll uh, we'll (laughs) deliver some helpful advice. You just never know. Thank you so much for your time and the great explanations. Very, very much appreciated.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you getting the message out to your uh, listeners.
0: Very glad to help. Donna Wolk, uh, Ph.D., she's the director of the Division of Molecular and Microbial diagnostics and Development at Geisinger. If you missed some portion of your interview, you can hear it again on the OK podcast page, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts.